May the force be with you is a phrase used to wish a person well to overcome a challenge. The invitation in this podcast, May the Life Force Be With You, is to explore what it means to truly feel alive, to appreciate the physical, emotional and spiritual connection to our energy, and finally to understand how this impacts who you are and all that you do. May this conversation inspire you to thrive. This episode of May the Life Force Be With You is brought to you by Moment Company and The Moment Pebble. The Moment Pebble is a beautiful, natural stone, light-guided breathing device and is a unique gift for someone who needs that gentle reminder to stop and take a break, to take moments throughout their busy day and to practice mindfulness. Just head over to momentcompany.co, that's momentcompany.co and enter the code LIFEFORCE at checkout to receive an exclusive 10% podcast discount. Hello, I should say good morning and good evening and good afternoon wherever you're listening recording from today it's all across the world again and I just wanted to welcome you to an episode of May the Life Force Be With You and just to set a little intention let's gently go into into this conversation today and my invitation for anybody that's listening is to take from this conversation what inspires and intrigues you and what doesn't resonate, leave behind. But most important, tread softly and reflect kindly on what we're about to share today and feel how it resonates and can be adapted and applicable into your everyday life force energy. And hi, I'm going to hand over now to Karila. Welcome Hello. to today's guest. I am so happy and excited to be welcoming Priska Anderson to May the Life Force Be With You. She's amazing. She's a sports and clinical massage therapist and a forest bathing guide. And um, she does martial arts. She's like multi-talented. <laughs> she does uh, martial arts and um has worked in many many different fields um but after burning out she decided to start her own business in 2022 and move away from office jobs into something that felt more aligned although she does bring Amen to that <laughs> does bring her left brain magic to me <laughs> to starlight she is the light left brain angel <laughs> Of the behind the scenes of Starlight. And so um, I cannot tell you how grateful I am that this woman is in my life. Um, and yeah, she's she's incredible. It, it's um, an honor and a privilege to collaborate and work with her. And I have done your forest bathing, Priska, more than once. And it's amazing. And so that is where I want to start. Um, tell us, tell us about forest bathing thank you for you're gonna make me blush for that introduction <laughs> thank you for the really kind words and um, yeah forest bathing where do you even start um I guess for people who don't know what it is it's a way of spending time in nature in a mindful way uh, so the way I do the practice is kind of the way I learned it was through um a school that teaches a method that kind of originated from japan 
in the 80s. And, you know, it's a long introduction. I usually give it on my walks. So to cut a long story. Give it, give it to us all. Give us the yeah. <laughs> So basically, uh, so the story goes, in the 1980s, um, Japan was experiencing a rise of its tech culture. So a lot of people moved away from their traditional rural settings into densely populated cities. And um, they started noticing an increase in stress-related illnesses, autoimmune diseases, and so on. And so the government financed some studies to find out what was going on. And there was this hypothesis floating around, um, according to which, you know, people thought, oh, maybe it has something to do with moving out of the countryside and moving into cities. And so through these studies, they found what we all know intuitively, which is that spending time in nature (laughs) is good for us. Um, And so, for example, they found that spending even just 20 minutes in a forest lowers your blood pressure, it lowers your cortisol levels, which is your stress hormone. It increases the production of your natural killer cells, uh, which is like the first line of defense of your immune system. Do they know why it does all of this stuff? Is there science with it? Well, so the studies observed like the relationship, and I think it's quite a relatively new uh, branch of science. So the, there are studies coming out more and more. The I think the leading hypothesis is that there is some compounds that are emitted by trees um, that interact with our immune system, and this is what causes. Uh, you know the all those effects and that's why it's called forest bathing because you bathe in the compounds essentially even though you're not swimming (laughs) um so yeah with this data they decided to kind of combine it with um an attempt to protect the country's forests and they set up official forest bathing trails and it's now a preventative measure that's used in the healthcare system. So if people get a bit burnt out, they get prescribed a few days um, on a forest bathing trail. And there's about, I think, 60 trails in Japan. Is that what happened to you? Did you get burnt burnt out and prescribe yourself or somebody prescribed you forest bathing? No, I wish. (laughs) No, it actually, it came to me. So like a lot of the things that I now do came to me through what I can only describe as magic. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I know it's like all the meaningful things or all the meaningful practices in my life magically appeared in my life. <laughs> so, yeah, I was in a job that I didn't particularly like, an office job. And I remember distinctly um, sitting down with a friend. It was during COVID, actually. So, I was having a big old rant uh, two meters apart on a park bench. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I really, I, I don't like this job. I don't know what I want to do. I want to do something with nature, uh, but I don't know what. And she said the most brightened thing you could say, which is, um, well, it just sounds like your guides need to be clearer with you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. You know, I wasn't, wasn't sure where that conversation was going. And um, she literally just said, you know, we asked Priska's guides to uh, to be clearer. And I think two days later, I was Googling 
I think I literally Googled the word forest because I was at that stage of lockdown where I was just Googling random words and seeing what would happen. Um, and I, this forest bathing came up and then, you know, I entered the rabbit hole and the more I read, the more I thought, oh my God, it just resonated with my whole body. And I thought there is a way of being in nature that really resonates with me. That is the way I spend time in nature, but you can help other people spend time in nature in that same way. So I looked into it and discovered there was a course and the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> and I just want to say that, like, for anybody listening, it isn't, it is a, it is, you go into the forest, but then there is like practices that you do that w- once you're with the group. You're not running into the forest, whipping off your clothes and rubbing yourself up and down a tree. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure it would take off here. <laughs> It's so popular. In all seriousness, I have this kind of obsession this year, and um, I didn't set goals. I'm not interested in that kind of thing this year. I'm softly moving into the year, but sequoia trees keep coming up, and I keep seeing them, and I keep there's like signs for them. Like I just keep seeing them in different places I want to go and hug one of those trees I want to go and hug a big massive I want to bathe in a big massive tree this year that is a goal for me and I want to go and find you know one of those ones that are like 2,000 years old and lie underneath it and feel the power of the tree are you going to do it naked (laughs) you never know (laughs) clothes optional (laughs) But isn't it funny how, how like trees are just like, I don't know, there is a calling. I'm a beach girl, 100%. I'm a beach girl. But there's something about the sequoia tree, this forest that's just calling my name at the moment. And I, yeah. And, and so I, I understand like you're, and so I'm intrigued when you said there's like actually a chemical reaction almost happening when you, you're in that environment that, you know, you can't help but have an impact when you're in that kind of, um, nature setting it's just it, it blows my mind that we mm. it's that life force energy that you can't see energy is in everything and we're bouncing up and down against it whether we're naked or not you're bouncing up and down that energy all the time it's just phenomenal that that <laughs> has such a reaction and positivity so how do people feel once they've been forest bathing because you know i'm i'm going off in all kinds of directions now but how do you feel once you've had that experience? uh i mean i think you feel great i feel great i hope everyone else feels great but I mean they usually look like they feel great um but yeah I think it's just a container you know when you come on one of these sessions it's just a space where you can just exist and there's not many places like that anymore where people give you permission to just be there's no time scale there's no agenda just come and play in the forest (laughs) essentially so like what I offer is invitations. That's that's what we call them in the practice. So there are optional doors you can walk through. But if you want to get distracted by the moss and stroke the moss for an hour and a half, also fine. And like if you want to sit there and lean against a tree or hug a tree, fine. If you want to run around, uh, you know, literally the sky's the limit. You can do what you want. But what the practice provides is a space 
where if you're not used to doing these things, you can start exploring them. So it's kind of using your senses as a gateway to then start connecting with your environment. I have done Forest Bathing with you and I love the suggestions that you give. I feel like, it, like you say, they are so sensory and there's one moment really profound for me in the last forest bathing we did, which was you told us to go into partners and experience the forest with our eyes closed. So our partner was leading us through the forest and we were then, you know, your other senses kind of activate when your when your eyes are closed because we're so visually dependent and my partner took me to this dead tree and like I could tell that it was dead um and I was touching it and I was smelling it and I had this profound moment where I was like I'm with this dead tree stump and I can't smell any death I can only smell life and suddenly I had this like amazing like realization that like there's loads of death in the forest but you never smell death you only smell life like you never smell what you smell in a fridge <laughs> when the milk is going off you know and it was and I was like that's there's something so profound in that that like even death is alive in the forest you know like the life, the mushrooms, the other things had just taken this dying tree stump. And it, and I believe I couldn't smell death because the tree stump still had life force energy flowing through it. And suddenly I was like, death is the smell of no life force energy. Mm. And it was one of the most profound and life-changing moments of my life. And I never would have had that if I was walking through the forest with my eyes open <laughs> like, I never would have had that if I hadn't had this guy holding me putting my nose into this dead tree stump <laughs> but it just made me think about all of the disease and all of the problems we have and and how how much they how much life force energy flowing through you is is part of those things not happening you know the difference between the smell of a hospital for example and the smell of the forest was just so profound mm -hmm. to me well it's beautiful <laughs> i didn't know it had uh, such a, a deep impact that's amazing it really did i feel like the play is beautiful and it's amazing but i think that these moments of true presence and mindfulness are, are also deeply philosophical, you know, mm. like you really reconnect to the meaning of life through this play and this presence. Mm -hmm. um, and through these, these kind of offerings and suggestions that just allow, um, people to kind of find their own map in the forest I guess it's amazing how many people come to the events or like the walks and then say you know I walk through the woods all the time I walk my dog I come with my kids but I never stop to be present in them 
So you could be somewhere loads of times, but never observe your surroundings, which I think is quite important in these times. <laughs> would, would you say that presence, do you think the senses are key to presence then? Yes and no. So, like as you know, I recently went to um, a Vipassana retreat and realized that what I thought mindfulness was isn't mindfulness at all. So the way I've been, well, my interpretation of mindfulness was that the senses are the gateway to presence. And so all of my first bathing sessions were focused on that, using the senses for presence. And then during the Vipassana retreat, I learned that actually the senses are a distraction <laughs> to presence. So maybe there's two different ways of understanding mindfulness. But, you know, during the Vipassana retreat, which is a 10-day silent meditation retreat, if there's anyone listening who doesn't know, um, they teach you a method of meditation. And so the method is to observe everything that comes up. So, you know, if you have a thought, you just go thought, thought, thought until it dissipates. Memory comes up, you go memory, memory, memory. But then sensations will come up as you're breathing and you're just meant to let them go. So you're not using them as a gateway for presence. You are eliminating them to be fully present, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. I found that when, you know, in that situation when I was completely eliminating all the senses I was able to be so present that you almost enter it, it was like one of the most psychedelic experiences of my life without having taken any psychoactive substances you know you become so suspended in time and space that that's true mindfulness I guess so sorry that was a very long-winded way to say no, I don't know <laughs> As you're speaking, I'm like, I feel like the senses might be the gateway to life force energy and, particip mm. and participation or presence with something else. Whereas I feel like mindfulness, the mindfulness in Vipassana, not that I've done it, sounds like presence with soul or presence mm. with, you know, n not with life, but with the light or something beyond the 3D. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I think you can access that through the senses. Like when I'm in the forest and I'm connecting on a sensory basis, you feel really connected to, if you want to call it source or the divine or whatever, Gaia, you know, you feel really connected to that. And I found the same feeling by eliminating the senses. So it was really interesting that you can get to life force through different gateways, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, at the beginning, you before we started recording, you mentioned that we'd kind of taken you on a little bit of a, a path yourself or a little bit of a mind map, which I love, about thinking yeah. about um, life force energy and the questions that we, we, we like to bring up. So I'm intrigued because Camila mentioned martial arts at the very start, which is a big passion. Um, I'm practice of yours as well because I feel like there's something in that being present being connected to body there's something beautiful in movement and mindfulness and movement in martial arts so I'd love to touch mm. on that and I want to know if that's part of your mind map that you did but maybe you could share 
some of the things that kind of circle the orbit of what um, life force means to you when we posed you that question ahead of ahead of today's podcast? For sure, yeah. I, I was actually about to bring it up because, uh, yeah, I sat down yesterday. I was like, okay, life force. I'll make a couple of notes. And then this is the result, it looks like. Some- <laughs> it is the ultimate rabbit hole. What the fuck is it? I even know what is reality here because <laughs> it just sent me on a tangent. Maybe Priska, um, you know, if it's for public consumption, we take we take a screenshot of that and we share it in the Life Force Cafe as a kind of thought starter for people to do a mind map because I love that. Can I read you some highlights? Yes, yes read us the highlights. Disembodied embodiment. Uh, soap bubbles. I'm just reading your random words. Sound spaceships, spirit bullets. Uh, but I think yeah, I boiled it down to one main thing. So life force is love. Life force is everything. We are everything, and love is the answer. And I think. Can we right. Thank you for having me on the podcast. <laughs> It's beautiful. I love this concept that life force is love because I do feel like when your life force is low, you don't feel as much joy, joy de vivre for life. You don't feel, mm. you, you feel struggle for life as opposed to love. When your life force is full, like when you've been forest bathing, for example, and you're all topped up, you, you feel so in love with life itself. For sure. So, I, f- I agree with that. Interested <laughs> in the what was it? A space bullet? <laughs> Spirit bullet. So yeah, I'm touching on a lot of. I I can't explain if you want, but I think the main thing. So I was trying to think. Okay, what is life force? And I think it boils down to movement. So I thought life force is is breath. And breath. What is breath? Breath is essentially, if you break it down, taking in your surroundings and becoming part of your surroundings. So it's an exchange. And what happens when you breathe out, you create movement, right? And then I thought, what else is life force? So I was just thinking of things that make us feel like we're alive. So obviously being half Italian, my first thought was food. (laughs) So Fiona's a Taurus too, by the way, Fiona. Me (laughs) and Fisca, when we work together, have these moments of talking (laughs) over food. (laughs) We have these like Taurus Italian moments of just praying to food. I will say that one of um our my traits with friends when we go away on holiday is talking about food whilst eating food. So you're kind of talking about your next meal and your previous meal while you're eating your meal. So yeah, life force definitely is connected to food. And there's so much love that you can share through food. There's so much community and collective that come from food. It can be joyful it's ritual it's ceremonial it's celebration so i i'm deeply connected to food being part of and 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 it's fuel right it's fire without it we don't function it's what makes us operate it's part of our operating system you got to put the fuel in so yeah love love and food we are so torian burnout actually my guides say when you whack your spare battery which is your cortisol adrenaline battery. The way to recover from that 
<clears throat> there aren't many ways to recover that. That's like your emergency supply of energy for emergencies. Yeah. And when you when you blast it, which we do a lot, which leads to burnout, the guides say there's only a few ways that you can repair it. And one of them is feasting. Mm. Not just eating, but feasting. <laughs> so they say that like our ancestors used to, you know, like the Vikings and the, like if you went to battle and did a load of cortisol, adrenaline, whether you won or lost, you would feast because it brings your life force energy back to you. And it's a specific type of eating that involves overeating or like eating loads, but also laughing and talking and celebrating and energizing the food. And so in terms of preventative of burnout, feasting is a really important part of life that I also think we're having a burnout crisis because we've lost the art of feasting in our society mm. I'm going to counter that and say we've lost the art <laughs> of fasting as well <laughs> we have because we it's live true. in a comfort crisis to again talk about the book that I'm reading right now I will finish it guys um and and we don't know what it's like to have hung to be hungry to really kind of listen to what our body needs so instead of going hey it's nine o'clock it's 12 o'clock it's six o'clock I have to eat it's like well do you and we get really focused on what we're eating and bad diets but we don't listen to when we're eating and why we're eating most importantly and I feel like life force can actually be also taken away by food, by mindlessness in in our consumption of what we eat, but also why and when we eat as well. So I love the feast for kind of, you know, bringing your energy back up and, and nourish, you know, to me that's nourishment and it's, you know, not thinking um, about it always being good and pure, but actually just what does my body need? But I, I think we've also lost the fast part of it and we eat mindlessly without actually needing to eat and it's not what our body needs. And then it's kind of struggling every day through the slug, the sluggish, you know, waste machine just to kind of go, God, stop filling me with stuff and give me a break because, you know, that's when you get renewed energy as well. I'm a big fast fan. I love so. that you say that. <laughs> You're like, because, you know, what we were talking about, the forest and play, it's like just being in the routine of food is so unlife-giving. It's like what's coming out of this conversation to me is like your presence, just like your presence in the forest and, and truly being in the kind of divine conversation is where you get your energy from. It's not just, like you say, the food you are eating. It is the way in which you are, you know, it is the participation and engagement as opposed mm. to just mindlessly <laughs> feeding Stop yourself. And it, it's yeah. the same as mindlessly walking through a forest. It's like, mm. you can't forest bathe unless you're present in the forest. You know, like you can walk through the, you can go through the motions and not receive the energy that is available to you, whether it is eating walking in the forest, um, anything, you know? Yeah. I think it's um, about acknowledging reciprocity. So, like, it's not just about being present with the food or being present with the forest, but or to me, at least, it's about entering in a reciprocal relationship. So when I eat the food, I acknowledge all the energy that's, 
that it has taken to grow the food and how it's connected to, you know, a wider ecosystem. I don't know, network of energy, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, which is the same thing I was mentioning with the breath, you know, you're entering a relationship with your environment. So maybe that's life force reciprocity. I don't know. Which is movement in a way, movement of energy. So you see, it boils down to movement, I think. Because <laughs> all the other, I've written other, like the other forms of movement, like dance, dance is life force, you know. Um feelings i don't know why but i feel like feelings is like a movement in your emotion emotion exactly yeah. uh music obviously sound waves you know so there's something there movement and someone once told me a really wise sentence which is you can't find balance by standing still which is <laughs> so that's why i think life force is movement you know you're always as you're saying this, this routine of eating or this this mindlessness, that is standing still. Even though you are doing something, mm -hmm. if you're just That's doing it, with, you know, change is movement, essentially. So, like, fasting, like Fiona says, is creating a change within the system of the body. It's like, to, to the body, repetition is stillness in a way. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? It's like doing the same old thing is is stillness. <laughs> Because the body can't be still because you die. I just share with you a really like um, Fee's stupid moment, um, which I had never really realized until I started properly fasting a couple of years ago, is that breakfast is break fast. So it's supposed to be the meal that you have, you know, after sleep and your 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 body's rhythm and, and repairing of cells and rejuvenation all happens when we sleep and rest. So that first meal of the day is when you're breaking fast. Um, so, you know, us eating so late at night and, you know, the habits that we've got into now that we've got, you know, 24 seven access to food means that we don't leave our bodies enough time before we have that break fast in the morning. There is no fast to break, but it just, it just kind of blew my mind when I'm like, yeah, it's so obvious that that's what it stands for. It's not something that we talk about or we think that we just need to give our systems our energy, our cells, like every part of us actually has the chance to just kind of oh, take a break. Whew, recharge. Can I, can I please just honor yes. <laughs> that two Tauruses and Italian started talking about martial arts. <laughs> talking about food. A lot of physics it can't be avoided. It'll all go back to food eventually. <laughs> Is there anything to say about martial arts and yeah. life force? Oh, God, there's so much to say. Um, I haven't even got to the bodywork part, which is like a massive part of my life. Uh, but yeah, martial arts, well, it's like repetition through movement. Um, but it's the martial art I do is called Nimpo. So it's the traditional martial art from uh, Japan, uh, the ninja martial art from Japan. I'm sure that'll be new to a lot of people. Yeah, it's not a very well-known martial art, but it's a whole system of being. So a lot of martial arts uh, end with the in Japan. I'm, I'm talking about end with the word do. So for example, judo and do means way, but nimpo. So it's a different um, 
um, yeah, it's a character, character, um, means it's like a whole philosophy. So it's not just a way of learning certain things. It's also like a spiritual development system. And there's so many layers to it, but um, a lot of it is kind of like the Jedi Knights. Like, I'm not even joking, <laughs> but it's about, you know, balance and honesty and uh, being true to yourself and having a pure heart. And ideally, so it's all self-defense based, but if you're a really good martial artist, you never need to use martial arts because it's all about being so filled with love that you avoid conflict, essentially. It's like the ultimate paradox. And um, I did have, so I've got this, I don't know where to start because there's a lot to explain, but basically there is what you call a grandmaster. So it's um, the guy at the head of the practice who has titles in like 30 or 45 different schools. Basically, the way the schools are organized is you've got different schools of martial arts, which were essentially just handed down from master to student. And these span, like the lineage is over 500 years old in a lot of these schools. So it's literally people would learn from their teacher and be handed the knowledge either orally or through certain scrolls. And so our grandmaster in our school has been granted grandmastership in a whole load of different schools and they're just traditional like different ways of of different martial art practices let's say and so with this knowledge he then built um the syllabus that we learn so it's just a way of getting you to learn isolated movements and then you can learn the schools so it's like a lifelong project essentially um But every other year, he used to have these seminars where you could go and train with him. So he'd get all the dojos together from the whole world, uh, whoever wanted to attend, obviously. And he'd teach you a specific school, um, which is called a Ryuha. And um, in 2018, I went to one of these seminars, which was in uh, Barcelona. And, um, you know, he's got... like. He's probably the last ninja, you know, he's got this presence. You can feel his presence from outside the room kind of thing. Um, And then at the end, he gives a talk. So it's like a five-day thing. And you can ask him questions. So, you know, you're learning about self-defense and that it's brutal stuff, like how to break joints and stuff. Um, And at the end, so this guy asked him, you know, we spent all this time learning about physical self-defense, but... Have you got any advice about, you know, psychic or emotional self-defense? And he just looked at him like super matter of fact and went like shield of love. And like <laughs> I've just carried this, um, you know, from a, the man who could kill you in a thousand ways for him to say shield of love is the way to move forwards in the world just really resonated with me and kind of made me want to make me realize, right, this is the Jedi Academy. So you know, his advice to get through the world is just protect yourself with love. And um, 
I wanted to read. So I've got this book written by him where he talks about Nimbo. If it's okay to read a, a thing from it. So before every class, we we say this prayer, which is Shikin Haramitsu Daikomyo. Uh, so I'm just going to read this passage because I think it's super beautiful. So Shikin Haramitsu Daikomyo, when translated into English, means the powerful light of wisdom. The word Shikin has four dimensions. The first dimension is a merciful heart expressing love for everything. Second is a sincere heart to follow what is right. Third is a heart in tune with natural order. Last is a heart dedicated to a chosen pursuit. Combined, these four elements produce great wisdom, haramitsu, yielding a powerful aura, daikomyo. The energy emitted is like a nuclear reaction continuing forever. A ninja must penetrate the depths of knowledge to complete enlightenment. If you understand the deep meanings and pray throughout your life, the effect will be enormous. The light of mercy travels vertically. The light of the heart travels horizontally. With them, it can spin. And that is the heart of nature's cycle. So I find that, sorry, it's a lot to, to take in. I love that. And I love that we, our heart actually has four compartments to it. Yeah, it's. I find it beautiful. I, like when I first read that, I cried. Um, it's just like a true warrior is a warrior of peace. Exactly. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand about martial arts. Like a lot of people think martial arts is violent, but true martial arts is the most peaceful. It's the Jedi Knight Academy. What I love about this is that there's an honoring of how strong you have to be to be a guardian of peace. You know, how, how much, what's coming to me is like how much you have to be able to know that you have the power to destroy, that you have the yes. power to, to be able to hold your power is how you become a guardian of peace. Because those states of love, even as you were saying them, they're so massive. Like, how do you hold that? Unless, unless you know your own strength, unless you know your own sovereignty. And, and it's like the, the, to me, it's like the practice of learning to hold the power of your heart. Mm. That's what I get from that, that prayer. And I feel like, as always, we're running out of time and we can do <laughs> so much more. Um, but I feel like one of the things, just to bring it back to the beginning and forest bathing is that, that, one of the things I understand is that part of the reason you get life force energy from being in nature is because there's beings that embody their life force energy or embody their heart because mm -hmm. life force love, as we've discussed. And it's like that then inspires us to re-embody um, because law of inspiration is one of the nature laws. And when I think of nature and trees and, and like rocks and, you know, mountains, the strength of these embodied beings to hold those four states of the heart constantly, that's warriors of peace, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm very moved by this conversation mm -hmm. and this journey that we've just been on. Thank you. No, thank you for for having me on the 
on the podcast. If I look at the mind map, it's a little bit scary. Like we've only covered about that quadrant. <laughs> <laughs> My first cafe. Let's go yeah. deeper. Please. Yeah, I had this whole thing about wanting to talk about bodywork and like fascia and of how it on the Life Force Cafe. Let's take that. Yeah, into it's so cafe. interesting. Because fascia, um, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole the rabbit hole. I told you it's a rabbit hole of rabbit holes. <laughs> it is the ultimate rabbit hole. It's the it's ultimate underwater. Well, um, do you know what? Just quickly, Karila, my, my mind went back just to go even more full circle to because uh, I, I did just quickly look up Nimple and the image that they have is from my, and we've mentioned this before, my favourite Batman Begins movie. And I remember I talked about <laughs> how the, that kind of sense of life force and how Batman gets trained by Liam Neeson up a mountain. He looks like a Nimple warrior. So once again, we're touched <laughs> themes that truly resonate and you know <laughs> you know maybe that's where it comes from these things don't happen by accident do they it's that and and they were taught peaceful yet you know it's the threat that I could kill you with my look arm pinky <laughs> breath whatever it might be they were trained to do that's the the the, the peacekeeping force um you know so so mm. I love that Oh my gosh, time just goes too quickly. But Karila, before just to wrap up, go for it. Who should we speak to next in this conversation? So I did think about it and it, it depends what direction you want to go in. So if you want to know more about Nimpo, I definitely recommend speaking to my teacher because he's been doing yes. it for 30, 40 years. He'll know a lot about life force. But then I also thought um, it'd be interesting to get uh, like some indigenous perspectives on guardianship of the forests, you know, this kind of thing. But I haven't, I don't know anyone. You're um, on it. I'm on it. I'm, I'm working my black book. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're on it. We're calling them in. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, to get that kind of perspective of life first from people who protect the land, you know. Uh, and then if you wanted to go into bodywork, which we didn't even get to, but I thought it'd be interesting to maybe get the the Jing director. Ah, yes. Run. Good idea. You've given us three duties. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, but, you know, I've got more on the mind map, but I'll leave it at that, I think. <laughs> I think we definitely explore the mind map in, in, in a cafe session. And, you know, I would personally love you to come back and, and talk some more around, around body work at some time as well, because um, mm -hmm. I've been really moved by what you've said today, this evening, this morning, depending on where, where you are. And um, yeah, some beautiful, beautiful sentiment words that I'm going to take away and think about. So thank you so much for, for sharing all of that and um, with us and I can't wait to see that my map close up <laughs> <laughs> thank you both so much it's been an honor and a pleasure I've never been on a podcast before so it's been a whole new experience <laughs> and you um because you are like you have brought through such your wisdom is is sacred. bless you did you know what else though just to reflect you. you know it's really important when we have these conversations. Um, I feel that 
you can feel the life force coming through what we do, I hope. And mm. and I've got a big beaming grin on my face. So do Prisca <laughs> and Karila. And I hope that everybody's listening. That it's just, you know, because sometimes we can get too caught up in our own world and kind of, you know, it, this is intended to be playful. It's intended to be thought provoking, but not always so deeply navel gazing and serious. Sometimes it's okay to have a laugh at this, be playful, kind of get out of the body, go strip off naked and hug a tree as long as you don't get arrested. It's like, <laughs> I want to do naked forest face. I like, I am serious. Prisca, I think there's something in this. I think it's going to be so popular in Brighton. Can I leave you with a mind map quote that I wrote on the mind map? It's not my quote, but I was like, the mind map led me there, which is, uh, you are not a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in a drop. And I think, um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Thank you for having me on the podcast. May the life force and nakedness <laughs> in the forest be with you. Field of love, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Well, we've just created a new craze. What a lovely conversation. I enjoyed that so much. Oh, I feel so enlivened. I mean, just the amount of laughter in that, co- the amount of laughter mixed with profound wisdom was just, to me, actually, it was like the essence, the spirit of forest bathing was in that conversation. Like, that's what I experienced when I forest bathe this like play and then this profoundness and then this poetry and this peace. And yeah, it, it really felt like the spirit of forest bathing was brought yeah. in by the amazing Priska. She's so special, hey? Yeah, definitely. And I, um, as I say, I did kind of quickly look up Nimpo. I, I suggest everybody does as well and look at the images of the warriors. It's it it's proper Jedi, as you said, it's Jedi night training. And the fact that it's a lifelong practice and the discipline that goes into that, but the the shield of love that goes around it, that it's not just about violence, is just, you know, it's real dedication to have a I focus on something like that that I hugely admire. I really do. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, you know, to be good at martial arts takes discipline. It takes being connected to breath, to your body, to, you know, being able to be fully present. Like that is something you have to be in the moment. Otherwise someone will literally break your neck. So, <laughs> but it comes and from madness and discipline. And that thing she read about the mm. the prayer the force the four hearts just was one of the most beautiful things i've ever heard mm. in my life would it be amazing to get the um the ninja warrior let's himself? get the teacher let's get him <laughs> that is our mission that we've chosen to accept <laughs> we accept the jedi mission <laughs> with food give us some food <laughs> With the or let us pass. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, what a, what a beautiful conversation. And as we said, we'll we'll get Prisca on the Life Force Cafe to dive into body work and share with us her mind map and some of the other, you know, for obviously we could see what she was showing us in, in bits, but there was literally 
a quarter of a quarter of a page was the stuff that we actually touched on. So I can't wait to see the full universe that is Prisca's Life Force Energy Map. And what a universe she is. She's amazing. I'm so, so glad she came on the show. Me too. Well, thank you very much for bringing her on, Karila. And yeah, see you next time. May the life force be with you. We hope this conversation has topped up your life force energy. If it has, then please help us spread the life force. Like, share, subscribe, all of that. (laughs) And may the life force be with all of us.